Hey, you're listening to the audio version of Well Read with Justin Chapman. If you'd like to watch the video version, please go to youtube.com backslash C backslash Justin Chapman 15 or just search for Well Read with Justin Chapman in the YouTube search bar. Learn more at justindouglaschapman.com. Enjoy the show. About three months after Mike's fatal rocket launch, Waldo Stakes posted a photo on Instagram of the raccoon with the caption, It continues, a handful of hillbillies going to space. I met up with Waldo at El Ranchito Rocket, where he is turning nine storage containers into museums, one for water speed, one for land speed, etc. Waldo, a Chicago native, has been studying rocketry and building record-breaking speed vehicles for more than 40 years including Sonic Wind, a bipropellant rocket-powered vehicle designed and constructed to exceed the speed of sound on ice, going from zero to 1,013 miles an hour in 20 seconds. And one of the museums is about daredevils, which displays all of Mike's memorabilia. Waldo was also turning the house that Mike rented from him into an Airbnb. And those who rent it out can go on a tour of the nine storage container museums. Mike's four cats continue to live at El Ranchito Rocket. Waldo gave me an exclusive look at the museums and explained what he went through after Mike died. What was it like for you that day? What has it been like since then? Well, um, for the first eight or 10 days, you know, I would probably cry once a day. You know, I'm not a crier, man. I'm a bad motherfucker. You can tell that. I've done some shit. I've been through some shit. I've been shot, stabbed, burnt, drowned. I'm still here, hmm. you know what I mean? I had the cancer. I uh, had the tuberculosis. I had pneumonia twice, hmm. okay? I'm still here. He was, and people thought he was a nut. He's, I might get a little emotional here. But he was uh, a motherfucker, that's what he was. He was, a, he was my little brother, hmm. that's what he was. And part of the thing why I talk shit about him is I'm pissed at him because it didn't have to end this way. Hmm. He had a movie that came out a TV show coming out in August, you see what I mean? He was about, he was right there, right to become one of the most famous guys in the freaking world. And his pride killed him. So it pissed me off a lot. And uh, so that was that was it, man. He was righteous, could have been a little selfish, but he, he was the most selfish, narcissistic person I'd ever met. But I loved him. That's it, that's it, I, I loved him, man. He was a little brother I never had. Well, was a brilliant guy. Um, of course, I've never met that. Waldo texted me that that mindset is what got Mike killed. He wrote, Mike's IQ was 136 and his ego was 137. He was bound to kill himself. Waldo told me that after the rocket crash, all that was left of Mike was a small portion of his face around his eyes. All the rest of him was in tiny little pieces. Here's Waldo explaining what he thinks went wrong with Mike's rocket on February 22nd. What happened here is that when Mike did this, he had the nozzle bolted on with six bolts. When it came out, it sheared those bolts. Hmm. And when it sheared, it sheared four of the six, then the nozzle broke off and went this way. When it did that, the steam came out, it was uncontrolled. It wasn't controlled. It, 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 
it wasn't running down the nozzle and doing what it was supposed to. It was basically just, so his thrust was probably doubled, but it was asymmetrical. Hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't hmm. directing the rocket to go straight. So when it came off the ramp, even though the chutes came out because Mike had, uh, Mike had two uh, experimental shoots that he was always, on every project he was working with experimental shoot. I can show you a bunch of different ones around here. The two shoots were like, if he had time on the way down when the shoots are out, he knows he's safe. Mm -hmm. He was going to throw them out to see how they deployed. Okay, so the rocket had four parachutes. It had two, two of those like I showed you, mm -hmm. okay? And then it had two experimental shoots. They were basically in a long tube. And they had a coffee can over the back of them, uh, uh, Folgers coffee can, mm -hmm. and the pilot shooting stuff. And the idea was he had to hit one, one, one lever to pop the pins out, and another lever to pump air. He had an air bottle on board to blow those shoots out, and it would go whew, and throw the shoots out, and then they wouldn't furl. The problem with them is they take too long to come out. Mm. Okay, so essentially, uh, when these rocket shoots, okay, when you fire one of these things, they go like this. Now they're ready, and you're coming down, so you're safe. See what I mean? It takes a second them to work. When you have regular shoot, you deploy, it comes oh, mm -hmm. five, six, seven seconds. Mm -hmm. You ain't got that much time. But Mike was always arguing. So I said, I don't care, man. Put whatever the fuck you want in there as long as you got the rocket shoots, okay? Otherwise, I will not go. I won't go. I'm not going to go and watch you cure yourself. In mm -hmm. the end, I did anyway, right? But the fight that we had and I, why I didn't help him work on the rocket for the last month, mm. okay, was that I wanted this and it has a very thin diaphragm. It doesn't, not this, this is from a different one, but just to give you the idea. It had a very thin diaphragm. I wanted to have a tow ball on it. I bought all the shit to make it happen. A big ram, which is in this other container, goes into the ground mm -hmm. with a spike. It goes into the ground with a spike. This thing sits in the nozzle with a ball on it, okay? The diaphragm is here, and it's, it, the, the ball has a rod going through it, so it's welded through the diaphragm. It's all stainless steel, okay? So when he hit the button, it would go boom, and it would shape itself around the ball. Mm -hmm and then give enough room for all those bolts to clear and the mm -hmm. baby would take off. Mike wouldn't do that. We argued and argued. I said, fuck, Mike, I'm not even going to come here and help you if you're going to do this. No, no Wally, I, who's ridden the rocket more times, me or you? You know what I mean? And this shit, like, he would taste like, he would insult you like that. What about, uh, like, an automatic parachute system? Okay. On, the, on that one green rocket, we had that. In fact, mm. do you, do you, have you seen the movie? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, when you see the movie, the next time you watch it, okay, uh, you uh, um, notice Mike throws the chute. He lied about that. Mm. I said, what happened, Mike? Why did she come out so early and throw you upside down? Oh, those fucking automatic things you put on there. I had Bill Inman build it. The guy's a fucking genius, okay? Mm. What happened is once the thing stopped and hit Apogee, an electric match burns a line. The line releases a pneumatic ram that pulls the chute. Mm. So even if Mike was unconscious, okay? So that's what we had. It was great. It would have worked. Nobody has to hit any buttons. Man, you don't know you're going to get electric. Mm -hmm. Hey, all this stupid shit guys are saying, oh, yeah, you, you need a button on the ground or use a remote control from an airplane. Go, dude, did you ever fly a remote control airplane? And sometimes they just take off on you, and they're right fucking here. You said, well, you can't take that chance with mm -hmm. a man's life. It has to be all automated, okay? So when Bill Edmund built that thing, it worked perfectly. Mike claimed it, it threw the shootout mm -hmm. prematurely. But when you watch the movie, okay, you can see Mike, he's like, and then he pulls for that shoot. You can see him reach down, grab Grab mm -hmm. it and pull the chute, right? And then behind him, okay, a puff of smoke rises. The camera's still on him. That smoke is that electric match. Now the mm -hmm. rockets reach apogee. Mm -hmm. As far as it's concerned, it's stopped. It's, it's doing what it's supposed to do. It would totally save Mike's ass. Okay, so the when we did the last jumps, there's three things I always wanted to have on these rockets. Just because I'm superstitious, mm -hmm. I would always put holy water in the water. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, holy water, he would say, well, the, the, the fucking Pope is corrupt and they're all, you know, they're all baby rapers. And I go, yeah, but that's not the point. This stuff is powered by the faith of the Catholic Church. The people 
are what we're talking about here, not the Pope. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So he wouldn't let me do that this launch. I didn't like that. He wouldn't let me hang an American flag on mm -hmm. that thing. Really? He goes, yeah. We're not hanging. There's American flags. I, that's the one I hung on that the successful launch. Mm -hmm. It's my flag. Nobody's gonna tell me. And when I was, I was trying to run the show because he was doing stupid shit. Okay, in my opinion. Okay, and I've done land speed cars. I've, I've done all those projects you see there. Rocket dragsters, jet dragsters, fucking, you name it. Mm -hmm. I've worked on it. I made it happen. Okay. So what happened is I want. I always want an American flag. I always want holy water. I always want prayers to be said, man, because you never know. You could be standing before God in that. Mm -hmm. It's a daredevil stunt. It's 50-50. And he said he wouldn't fly an American flag because he said the United States was a, a uh, defunct corporation. And he goes, well, in time, I'm sure everybody and people are going to change the country. I said, dude, you know, so I said, nobody takes you seriously because you say you're a flat earther. They think you're a nut, okay? That's it, okay? So those are the things, okay? This I wanted to push, mm -hmm. and this is why. Here's the diaphragm. It's anchored to this ball. When it pushes, it'll go around that ball. And as the rocket nozzle leaves, it would have cleared everything. Mm. Would he do it? No. And so what, for the last not? month, when he was building this one for, for that jump, I was like, I'm not even here. Fuck you. I'm not even here. Well, it's going to work. He called me. He showed me. Look, it works. And I said, dude, I just don't trust it. Just let's, let's just have it wrap around the ball so mm -hmm. it's safe. Oh, you don't know that. I've flown these things. Everything was that, okay? I've had him say that in front of people. Forget the fact that I pulled him out of a rocket that had already launched, okay? Nobody would have done that. His own mother wouldn't have fucking done that, okay? But I got him out of there, and he was okay for a couple of days. Man, thank you very much for that. Mm -hmm. You saved my ass and all that. But after a couple of days, he forgets. That's why this place looks like a bomb hitter, because he doesn't give a fuck about nothing but Mike. That's all he cared about. Mike, 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 Mike. So anyway, when Mike would get sponsorship money, he'd boogie for Vegas. People think, oh, he had to put all that into the rocket. Not exactly, okay? He would boogie for Vegas, and then he'd come back in five or six days, broke, broke his account. So he, he was would, a big gambler, huh? It, well, I don't know if it was gambler. I know it was a couple hookers that he really liked. Mm -hmm. okay? That's why he didn't have girlfriends. Mm -hmm. He had these just two hookers that were just, you know, you know what they look like, you know, Vegas hookers. There's mm -hmm. two that he liked, and, and I know that he, uh, in fact, I have it all in this paperwork. I have his little love letters. And oh, shit. Yeah. I have all that stuff. <laughs> so uh, uh, that, and I know he liked blow. Okay, so, you know, he's a coconut from way back when, okay? Mm -hmm. And I know that he would be weird when he'd come back. He would be moody and shit, and I'd think, and then I'd go, hey, man, we're going to get a hamburger. You want, oh, man, I got like 12 bucks for fucking, like, you had $10,000 three days ago. Yeah, well, I don't have it now. You know, he wouldn't explain it, you know, he wasn't, you know, he was a fucking man. He's not going to be telling me anything, mm -hmm. okay? I don't know, you know, he doesn't owe me an explanation. I'd take him out and buy him lunch. He owe me about a thousand lunches. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's, that was our relationship. Mm -hmm. That's why I tell people, he wasn't really a friend of mine, because honestly, if he was a friend of mine, I would have dropped him years ago. He was like a little brother. He was more than that. See what I mean? And that's why I'm angry at him now, mm -hmm. because he should be here. I don't mind fixing the house. I don't mind it cost me 20 grand. I don't mind. What, I, what pissed me off is, he would have just done that. He'd still be here. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can see in those pictures, I sent you the picture of that other launch. Remember, it's the same engine. It already now has... 95 gallons instead of 70 gallons mm -hmm. of, of right. water in it, okay? So it's going to burn longer, okay? So it should have made the same amount of thrust, four to 5,000 pounds of thrust, might peak a little bit at six, because steam rockets, they, they, go, they go like this. Okay? Then they're done, mm -hmm. see what I mean? There's not a constant, it's not like a regular rocket engine where you got fuel and you go in there mm -hmm. and it's just, you know, this is like, it's, it's, it's iffy, okay? Mm -hmm. So we figured with 95 gallons, he'd be under power for about, um, Five seconds, he would reach 5,000-something feet. He'd hit a mile, okay? And he would, you know, have plenty of time. We figured 30 seconds in the air, 
and uh, he's got plenty of time to throw the shoots. I said, Mike, you know, we're going to tourniquet your, your knees. I'm okay. Tourniquet your fucking knees, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I did a little bit, but he was screwing with him when he sat, and, like, he didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. He claims he never blacked out. But he did tell on the other launches. But he did tell me, tell other guys stuff. He wouldn't tell me because then I would be right. Mm-hmm. He's not going to give me that. Okay. <laughs> so what happened is uh, he told one guy. He goes, "No, man." He said on the last launch he blacked out for like a second or two. I go, "Motherfucker." Okay. He so, mentioned to me when I when I interviewed him here last year, he mentioned to me and my wife that that he blacks out for a second. He did. See. Yeah. Never said that to me. Mm-hmm. I said, "Man, what if you?" I don't black out, man. I ran NASCAR. I, 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 mm-hmm. you know, I gotta listen to shit all the time. Like, okay, man. Okay. So. I said, I'm going to have Bill Lemon, this is the third thing, make us two shoot deployment devices because you're going to go real high. You mm-hmm. could black out, man. You're going to sell it really hard. He was like, I don't need that, Will, no. I, I'm not going to let you put them in this time. Mm. I'm a daredevil. I can throw those fucking shoots in. If I can't, I deserve what I get. Wow. I was like, okay, tough guy. Okay. I told Bill Lemon, Bill Lemon's like, well, I got the stuff. I'm ready to go and build them for you. I was What I gave him was some margin steel that I had. Mm-hmm. It's really, really exotic steel, real exotic. So I gave him some. That's how I paid him. I didn't pay him with money. Mm-hmm. He was going to build, he built steam rockets. Mm-hmm. He's probably the number one steam rocket expert in the world today. That's Bill Edmund. He goes, what do you mean? He doesn't want that. So he doesn't want that. He thinks it's stupid. He goes, well, that's suicide. But dude, you tell him. There was no talking to him, mm-hmm. okay? So that's when people go, oh, you know, they should have had this, they should have had that. People say all that kind of stupid mm-hmm. stuff because you weren't there. You right. weren't part of it, so you have nothing to say. Where's your steam rocket? Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Okay, that's how I look at it, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what happened. So what happens if we do the launch, of course, uh, the nozzle gets ripped off and torn to the side. So since you got that thing going through the throat, you got a nozzle like this. This is an early one. And what happens is instead of the thrust being contained inside here and coming straight out and being directed, when I sent you the picture of the green rocket, you can see that, mm-hmm. okay? It's perfect. And it comes out and it goes through a device I developed called a thrust entrainment device. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the guys who came there was a rocket guy. And he said, he said, uh, I came here to see the new magic you're doing. He said, you're using a thrust entrainment device. I go, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is the thrust goes through the entrainment device. The thrust comes out like this. Thrust entrainment device is a cylinder. Do I have one here? Yeah, here's the first one. Okay. The one on the new rocket was four times bigger. Okay, you know, thicker. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so the thrust comes through the entrainment device, and just like my finger here, it won't go past that cylinder. So the rocket might go, but she's going to go up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's what happened. Okay, when that nozzle got torn apart, it was knocked to one side like this. When the thing came loose, it sheared. The, uh, when the rod came through, it, it sheared the bolts, and the nozzle was hanging like this. So the thrust was going this way and just out this mm-hmm. way. So you can see in the picture like this, everything's blanked out by the plume. Mm-hmm. The plume is the steam. The steam comes out and it's coming out the sides and everything. The rocket come off the ramp and it, it uh, once it cleared the ramp, it jinked because of the asymmetrical thrust, mm-hmm. okay? The thrust is not contained and in a straight line. Mm-hmm. It's like this, it's just a mess. It's just a big mess, okay? Is that so why it wobbled for a second? That's it. They call it a jink, uh-huh. okay? What happened is once it went, it's going through the entrainment device, it's gonna climb, okay? It climbed like, with its nose to the right. Okay, so when it went like this, that would be like if you were inside there and somebody took a sledgehammer and hit you on the side of the fucking head. Okay, to you it just looks like shh, you know. But when you're in there, it's a bam, it's a bam. So what happened is I think that kind of knocked Mike out. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, she climbed at a right angle. still climbed. It went up out of of sight. It went went up to the height of the clouds. It went up out of sight. The clouds were like 5,000 feet. I'm going to say we did that. But the idea is... 
You know what the weird part was? Because there was so much steam coming out. Instead of doing it in five seconds, it did it in three seconds. Mm. So the acceleration rate was much higher. That means his thrust was much greater. Mm -hmm. So maybe instead of four to 5,000 pounds, he had seven, 9,000 pounds. Mm. So for sure, he's knocked out, okay? Now that thing climbs like a bat out of hell. It reaches apogee. You can't even see where it reaches apogee. You mm -hmm. don't see it again, even though people are filming it. Yeah. Until it comes back and it's low enough to see. When it comes, when it's coming down, about 400, 300, 400 feet off the ground, I knew there's no way. But I said, maybe the chute came out, it wouldn't have decelerated mm -hmm. enough for him to come out. And we're like, Jordan shoots Mike, okay, Jordan shoots Mike, okay, Jordan shoots Mike, Jordan fucking shoots Mike, Mike, Jordan shoots, you know what I mean? He wasn't listening to anybody. And you're on the radio, right? Couldn't reach Absolutely. him? Absolutely. No, we're, we're, we're broadcasting, he's hearing everything we're saying. Mm. You know, it's just he's not coming back to mm -hmm. us. And it hit the ground, and the rest, you know, the medics were there in a minute on those razors. I set that up with some volunteers because I knew it's the only way they would get there right now. And the crew was like, quick, while I'll jump in the truck. And I said, no, nobody, nobody touched my truck. Everybody stay here for a second. Everybody kind of was like, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong? You know, and I said, Let, wait till they get over to see what happens. I said, let's walk over there. And as we started to walk, one of the crew members started crying. Hmm. Then another one, they realized what I was doing. Another one was crying. Another one cried. And then we all, because we're men, we just wipe our faces and we come back, see, and they're like, you don't want us to see that, do you? No, that's not something I want you to see. You'll never forget that. Mm -hmm. You'll never forget a person blasted into a million pieces or blown into, and the reason why is because in the back of him is that tank. That tank is made of stainless steel, okay? Mm -hmm. So what happens is when he hits the ground, the nose of that rocket crumples like this one. You can see this picture, how contained that is. You can even see the, the entrainment device right there. Everything's in there nice and clean. Same rocket, just with a longer entrainment device. Okay, you come over here. Mike's mailbox, I had to uh, take it down and put up people just stealing shit mm -hmm. out of it, okay? This is Mike's walker, I had him in for two months after that, that, uh, that first jump with this rocket. Mm. The first jump we did. That was the one with, uh, come over here, I'll show you this, I know. This is the nose of a 14-foot-long rocket, that rocket right there. It hit the ground at 300 miles an hour, okay? Mm -hmm. These are the seatbelts. That means if Mike was in there, he would have been part of this, and this, we'd have to bury the whole thing together. Mm -hmm. with me on this? Mm -hmm. Now he hit, hit the ground 200 miles an hour faster. And so what happened is that fuel tank, the fuel tank here got smashed up and Mike sold it for scrap, but this is the whole rocket other than the fins. This is it, that's the nose of it. And this is not aluminum, this is steel. Mm. These things are made of steel. They weren't a fuel tank, they were steel, okay? So what happened is it hit the ground, this one turned into a pancake. That's this guy right here, that was a jump where the guy lost his feet, you heard mm. about that? Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. So uh, uh, I knew it was gonna be horrible, I knew it was gonna be horrible, so essentially, we walked over there, and when we got within 100 feet, they said, no, it's here, he's closed off, it's now a crime scene. And they're like, well, we gotta go. No, no, let's go back. We get a better Let's go back. Yeah. And uh, they were like, well, then, then they, they started to realize, you know, I, I didn't want them to be, I don't want them to see that. Mm -hmm. So uh, so what the reason why he exploded was because behind him is a 20-inch, 24-inch diameter, uh, uh, seven-foot-long, tank of stainless steel. It weighs 400 pounds. So imagine you're hitting the ground at 500 miles an hour and a 400-pound a, a sledgehammer is also behind you. Pow, you just pop like a pop like a pimple. That's what happened in my cubes, okay? Now you know. You know more than anybody else does. Nobody's mm. been here to see this, okay? Mm. I'm giving you this because you wrote a nice article about Mike the last time, mm. okay? Well, you know, I'm saying kind of like everybody pays. You know, Mike paid. Mike's arrogance.
his being difficult, he paid with his life, cost him his life. And all he had to do was just do it. Now, here's another thing about this. Mm -hmm. So he builds this box structure at the bottom of the launch ramp. You saw that, like a big blue framework. Mm -hmm. He had to do that because he's doing seven, he's using 7,000 pounds of pull to pull that diaphragm out. Okay, now, the way I had it set up, and I even got the pneumatic bomb, everything. Here's where there were two wires went into the cockpit. You arm it, you hit a button, and the ram goes poof. The thing goes around, the rocket, it's gone. Okay, he wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. You know why he wouldn't do it? Because I was telling him to. Okay, that's, that's the truth, because I was telling him to. And he had enough of that shit with me. Hmm. He had enough. See, like, I didn't go to his first, first launches, okay, because I didn't want people going, oh, well, who did that for him? They already got a history, see hmm. what I mean? They see me there like, oh, fuck, he didn't do that. Hmm. I want everybody to think, Mike, he didn't design them, but he didn't build them all himself. And so to the end, he wanted to pull that thing out. So he had to build this box structure to carry 7,000 pounds of pull. If I would have done it the way I wanted him to, two wires go up, uh, uh, an air cylinder on the ground with a regulator, one solenoid down. Again, the line goes right to the ram. There's a spike in the ground. We set it in there, line it up. Mm. See, we're gone. None of that shit. That box is why those chutes came out, okay? When that, when that box contained the thrust, when all that thrust came out, twice as much as you thought was gonna, okay? Mm -hmm. Came out, went into that box, blew back against the rocket, and busted the box in the back of those chute cans, okay? So both of those chutes came out. One came out on the ramp. People say it hung up, it, it caught something, it didn't catch it. it just, Mm -hmm. Power just blew it apart. Then the other one came out, you know, about 200 feet up and blew that apart. Yeah, it just took off. Then it must have hit somewhere between five, 600 miles an hour. It's hard to get a steam rocket to go supersonic. Mm -hmm. But he went, you know, four or 5,000 feet, in my opinion, in a couple of seconds. Mm -hmm. okay? When you're doing the speed of sound, you cover a mile, which is 5,280 feet, in four seconds. Mm -hmm. See, he was doing something near that. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I knew he wasn't going to come back. I prayed, it didn't matter. And the, the, the only thing that made me feel not so bad about it, you know, I would say stuff like, for, for, but right after that happened, we loaded up the rocket the next day, moved everything out of there. I went to Australia. I had some tickets to go to Australia. I had bought them like a year in advance and stuff. I thought, should I go? Should I not go? I thought, no, fuck, I got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. All these guys are calling me, hey, man, what do you think? I'm from so-and-so, ABC. And I don't want to know, what, what do you think? And I said, give me a fucking break, would you? My friend died. Go fuck yourself. And I would hang up on him. Right? That was it. Mm -hmm. You wrote a nice article on Mike, and I remembered that. And so then I thought, I thought, well, fuck these guys. I'm going to Australia. So I went to Australia. I spent 10 days drunk on a beach. That's what me and Denise did. Mm -hmm. she, she doesn't drink that much, but I drank more than I drank. And I quit drinking because I, I, I'm an asshole. I drink. <laughs> you know, you're a man enough when you realize that. See what I mean? Mm -hmm. Other people, they just never get it. Yeah. So I, I but I, I, I drunk for 10 days. And I flew back, barely got out of the country because of the COVID virus thing. Mm -hmm. They started fencing everybody. It got real crazy. Mm -hmm. But we got finally two days later, we got later than we were supposed to fly out. They gave us permission. We flew back to the States. Wow. We came back and everybody was like, man, are you okay? I go, yeah, I'm okay. But every now and then, like if I talk about him, I get kind of misty eyed, you know. I, I'm pissed at him. It didn't have to go this way. And then, uh, um, you know, I got nobody to ride the spaceship. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't give a shit about going to space, but. I'm gonna find somebody who really wants to go. Mm -hmm. And it'll work. I mean, I, I just laid out the map. It's looking pretty good. I wish Mike could have lived long enough to pull off his space launch. Waldo told me he renamed the Hemingway raccoon Desert Raven because Mike hated the idea of his raccoon being associated with anyone else, even if they were dead. As Waldo said, all he needs now, besides $2.8 million, is an astronaut. People are interested in being that astronaut. Do they just reach out to you? 
they just reach out to me. Okay, and this is how it works. Okay. Here it is, hanging from the balloon. Okay. It'll be, it'll sit in a structure like this, you know, sit in a structure that'll hold it just like this. You can see it's hinged here. There's a reason for that. Okay. In order for a rocket to fly well, it needs a good aspect ratio. Okay. Aspect rate ratio means length to diameter. So aspect ratio really starts to get stable. Okay, no matter it's a physics thing, it's not an aerodynamic thing. Okay, somewhere around 11 and a half, which means if you got a one foot diameter rocket and it's 11 and a half feet long, it'll start to be relatively stable. It'll climb relatively. You add some fins to it, you're in. Okay, it's going to fly. Mm -hmm. Okay, especially if you balance it right. Rocket has to be like a dart. It has to have its mass forward and its drag at the back. So you keep the ass behind the front. You can take a dart and just throw it at a wall. It'll line up and go right into the wall, right? No matter how many times you do it, because the weight is in the front and the drag is in the back. It's got to do that, okay? But once you get up to space, you don't have air to act on any fins. Mm -hmm. Now you gotta outthink that, okay? So the way this thing goes is just sit in the structure. We got a 400 foot tall balloon over this thing, okay? We cut it loose, it climbs 20 miles. These are air brakes here. These are posts with cameras mounted on them, okay? All the camera feeds go to the cockpit. There's two screens sitting on either side of your door, okay? And basically you're watching what all the cameras are seeing. You're talking to people right now, I'm at 20,000 feet. This is what's happening. I feel this, I feel that, okay? You are in a spacesuit. You're in a spacesuit in a, in, a, in a pressurized capsule. All this is pressurized. I used the fuel tank because it already was a vessel, only it carried kerosene. And it's very soft aluminum. You know, they make fuel tanks for fighter jets out of very soft aluminum. You can take them in, like this thing, you can take it and bang it and put a dent in it. And the reason why they do that is because most of the guys fueling jet, jets up are 19-year-old idiots. Mm. And so they drive the cars into them, they bang shit, you know. So you want to make something that even if they did that, it doesn't crack a hole in it, you start a fire and burn down 20 multi-million dollar aircraft, okay? <laughs> so that's why they do it. So the idea was you got this vessel, you're in this vessel, you're in it, you're sitting in a hammock, your spacesuit is already inflated, so you're basically you're kind of sitting like this. In front of you are two buttons and two screens, and then your door to get out. Nothing else in there, breathing bottles down on your feet, you know, but essentially there's nothing in there. So essentially, the balloon climbs to 20, 25 miles, just like this, okay? When it hits 20 or 25 miles up there, depending on weather and a million things, it'll stop climbing. It'll start going sideways, okay? That's called its time of equilibrium. Mm. It can't pull anymore. That's it. It's gonna, you know, go sideways. You're about to start covering distance. Well, while the balloon is climbing, it could get caught in a jet stream that could blow up to 200 miles an hour. If it does, the hinge rocket, okay, keeps the rocket from breaking. If you had a rigid rocket, it had to be very strong to keep it from breaking, okay? Mm -hmm. All this is stainless steel, this is aluminum. This is aluminum, okay? Okay, so what happens is now you're up to 20, 25 miles, okay? That's when I go, well, okay, man, you're not climbing anymore. You have to make a decision. You press the red button or you press the green button. You take the red blue, blue bill, right? <laughs> and, and here's what happens. If you hit the red button, it'll disconnect you, and all the parachutes, there's two here, there's two here, will start deploying. Okay, so what happens, you come down and, you know, at, tw at, tw at 20 miles, there's not a lot of air there. So the first thing that happens, you see the cylinder in the middle? Mm -hmm. It has a balloon in it. The balloon will have one of those parachutes in it with a uh, weather balloon in there. And there's a cylinder on the side. In fact, the cylinder's lying over there like this, okay? And it will fill that up with helium. So now you got this inflated balloon, little balloon, about like this, you know, mm -hmm. with that, that parachute over it, okay? So as you fall back through the atmosphere, okay, as you start to fall back through the atmosphere, this is if you hit the red button, you're boarding, you're afraid, something went wrong, who knows? You got a, a hole in the capsule, a hole in your suit, mm -hmm. a suit, okay? If either one of them gets perforated, 
the mission is over. You're coming back. Now I only got one other thing to keep you alive, okay? You're way above the Armstrong line. Do you know what that is? Uh, the Armstrong line, no. Okay, the Armstrong line is a theoretical altitude where your blood starts to boil. Mm. Okay, because there's no pressure, no air pressure, you're, there's no reason for your blood molecules to stay together and stay contained as a liquid. So they turn into a gas. So they just bounce away from wow. each other. Your blood turns, that's what happens when you, if you were to get a perforation in a spacesuit on the ISS mm -hmm. or on a shuttle when they're up orbiting. What happens is in 15 seconds, in 15 seconds you will not off. A minute later, you're dead. And it doesn't matter. Nobody, nothing can save you. You are done. Okay, you, you've left this planet. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's why he's got a pressurized. She or she has a pressurized suit, and they're in a pressurized capsule. Okay, either one of them springs a leak. We lose pressure in the capsule. Pressure in the suit. Machine is over. Mm. They're in constant ground control. Computers are monitoring everything that's going on with that capsule. The temperature, the pressure, all that stuff's being broadcast live down. Mm -hmm. okay. So say you get to the top and you, you're checking out, you hit the red disconnection. The, the balloon expands up in here and that balloon holds that parachute open. But because it's full of helium, it's acting like the big balloon did originally. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's keeping you feet down toward the ground, head up, you're falling straight down. Okay. Once you get about 20,000 feet, well, let me go on before that. All these panels are flat panels. Mm -hmm. They're basically fins. So what happens is your weight's in here, you're pulling it down. These fins, no matter what, it will straighten up in the wind stream. And with the balloon stuff, you should fall straight down. Okay? You're going to feel the G's, but you're going to fall straight down. And then when you get down to 20,000 feet, well, somewhere around 40,000 feet, I think, the balloon won't be able to stay together because it's moving so fast in a lot of air. Okay? The air is getting thicker and denser. It will beat the balloon up, and the balloon will and just the supersonic pressure will be here. Mm. And you'll be coming down, you get to 20,000 feet, one chute comes up, another chute comes up. If they don't work, you hit these ones because you have control over these. That's mm. why they're mounted on your capsule. Mm -hmm. No automated here. And they'll come out and hold the thing. And you, you should live, okay, because you're like crashing in a mm -hmm. soft capsule, okay? Okay, that's the abort sequence. Right. Now here's the flight. Okay. So mm -hmm. you get up 20, 25 miles, the balloon starts going sideways, hits that point of equilibrium, you make the decision to fire, you're going to go. Okay. When you hit that fire button, okay, these rocket engines, these four nozzles, you can see those on the, the rocket outside there, these four nozzles will fire. It's all one rocket engine, but it has four nozzles. Mm -hmm. So basically they come out of a thrust line like the legs of a stool. It basically balance this thing, it comes on at 1G. So you disconnect from the balloon, the balloon boogies. Because now it doesn't have 1,600 pounds to scare you. Now it's gone. Okay, it starts climbing again fast. It'll just run away from you. And you'll sit there for a fraction of a second. The thing will come on and at, at, at whatever the weight of the vehicle is. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. And then it'll come up to full power. So you'll hang there for a second. Everything's nominal. Starts climbing. Okay, you start climbing. And for two minutes, this tank with that pressure bottle will make that engine fire. So these nozzles are shooting down, see, at an angle, like I showed you in that drawing. See the drawing? Okay. It climbs up. For, for two minutes, you're going to gain You're going to gain another 40 miles. So you should be at the carbon line when this thing runs out. Mm -hmm. it runs out, it's still going to coast. Okay, so basically going to coast up for a while. And then once it hits apogee, psh, the balloon the comes out again. So the balloon comes out, holds you basically, you know, feet down, head up. And so you reach apogee, then you start to fall. The only thing that's a much longer fall this time. Mm -hmm. And so you're falling 62 miles instead of 20, 25 miles, okay? You come, you're going to come down at what speed you reach, somewhere around 2,000 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. When you get into denser air, the, uh, balloon will rip, the balloon will rip up and expose the parachute. The parachute, you got supersonic parachute. You're coming down straight. Same thing, you get down to 20,000 feet, they both come out. It doesn't work. You got manual, you just launch the next ones. Mm. And that's how it works. Wow.
Uh, when, when are you hoping to finish the, the rock? If I were to get the $2.8 million I need to finish it, okay, just the balloon is 300000 The helium is 360000 Okay. You release the hydrogen. Hydrogen doesn't cost shit. And it doesn't hurt space because it's an awful hydrogen. Okay? You, know, you come back down on the helium balloon. Then you recycle the helium. You, you don't lose it. You keep it because helium doesn't occur naturally in Earth. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get helium. That's why it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. To fill the balloon for that with helium is $360,000. That's the quote I got two years ago. Probably another 30% more now. So the balloon is 300000 The helium is 360000 I wanted to have enough money in case that we lost the balloon for some reason. Mm -hmm. Gusts like this could come up. Mm -hmm. We lose the balloon. There's six, six, sixty down a ship, mm -hmm. so I want to have an, a million in excess to to. Uh, I can build this thing. I will build this thing by myself in a couple of years. Mm. Will we fly it? Who knows? When I launch something in that spaceship, the whole world's gonna watch that. What a handful of hillbillies are putting a guy in space, right? Where's Elon Musk here? What's going on? You know, call Blue Origin. These guys and the jokes will be okay. I don't know if you know this, but on that green launch, it was being broadcast live by uh, Noise TV. Okay. At JPL, they had it on a screen. And all those guys were sitting around, they had a pool going. When is Waldo going to kill Mike? Okay, will it be on the launch? Will it be on the recovery? They're all betting, okay? Well, I wonder who bet that Mike was going to come down alive and be just fine. Mm -hmm. Whatever that guy did, he did well. Okay? <laughs> but that's how they look at me. I'm an asshole because I challenged their paradigm. Because their paradigm, 90% of it, is bullshit. Okay? I can take a rocket a real rocket engine and plumb it up and fire it. There ain't one of them fucking guys who works for NASA that can do that. Why can I do that? Because I taught myself how. You see what I mean? When you see those engine tests? I did that. I did that. When I met Mike, okay, that, that you might be interested in. Mm -hmm. uh, I read an article about him. I called him. I said, what's the deal? And I said, right, is this real, man? You really going to do the Snake River Canyon thing? He goes, yeah. He goes, but I don't know that much about steam rockets. I'll teach you. I'll teach you about steam rockets. He goes, you know about me? Yeah, I know. So he's like, uh, well, if you can teach me that, he goes, he goes, you know, would you like to see my rocket? And I said, you got something built? Because most of these guys I get a call from, they're building a new dragster. They're build they haven't built shit. All they got is like a dream, mm -hmm. and they don't even work hard enough to raise the money. And they're like, Waldo, could you build this for me? My answer is, I don't have time for that shit. Mm -hmm. okay? This took 15 years. I'm, this, this thing, basically, although I think I was a great father, I could have been a much better father. You see what I mean? This thing took... 15 years and 80,000 cash. Don't, that didn't worry I me. Mean, I got my kids, I was a contract, put my kids through school, all of them, two of them got their masters. They're doing okay, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So right now they're, they're, one of them's living in a mansion, the other one's living in Maui. They're fine. <laughs> but I could have been better if these things didn't occupy all my time. In the end, my ex-wife decided to find somebody else who wasn't always on a project. And I get Mike said that too. Yeah. That it's kind of like, it, it eats your relationships. It takes so much of, of yourself. Yes. You either have this or family. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? You can't have them both. It's the old saying, uh, don't mix women with business, because then you can't do justice to either one. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? And so it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So in the end, uh, um, who was I going with this? Oh, when I met Mike and he goes, I said, he said, would you like to come see it? I go, you're building it? He goes, yeah. I go, shit, yeah, I want to see it, right? So he's, he's building it in a little transmission place in Redlands, and it's in the back, and he's using the guy's tools, and I'm thinking, you're a fabricator? How the fuck does a NASCAR fabricator not have any tools? Why not? And I didn't know. 
That's what it tools me, okay? <laughs> so I said, you know, how does that happen? And he goes, oh, I don't know. One thing led to another. And I, so I see the rocket. He goes, what do you think? And he's all proud of it. I said, it sucks. going to fucking kill you. <laughs> Stupid. He's sitting in the middle of it. You know, his body is sticking out. You know, he basically his chest up. He said, it's got three fins on it, which is bad. The center fin is behind him. So as the air goes around him, you need laminar air to, to roll around the fin. It has to be straight, smooth air. The second is turbulent. This has no drag ability. You mm -hmm. see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So with his going around his body, it would be turbulent. I go, he goes, what do you think will happen? I said, you'll launch off the ramp. The two fins will have a grab in the air. The top fin will not. And because you're in the middle, will dive into the ground at 400 miles an hour. i kill you. So he's like, can you show me how to not make it kill me? I said, yeah, I can do that. Uh, Mike says, you know, I, I, I got to pull the rocket out of there. Could I store it at your place? I said, look, man. The note on this place, there's a loan on it for $323 a month. You pay the $323 a month, you can live there. Just don't fuck shit up. Okay. And none of that was true. He just went through here like a bull in a china shop. <laughs> what year was that when you moved in? 2012. Hmm. So I had two, three guys here that were working on projects. Hmm. And I just said, yeah, it's cool. You know, it's just too bad. Now my daughter's going to move in here. So I'm trying to fix the place up for her. Hmm. Okay. And... Uh, that's the, the, what impressed me about Mike. The reason why I let him live here is because he actually was building something. He had a work ethic like you would not believe. Mm -hmm. Guy'd get up six in the morning. By six thirty, he was out here. Wouldn't he out there? He'd be out here till dark. Monday through Sunday, mm. every day he'd be out here. If his sponsor money came in, he put a little bit into the rocket boogie for Vegas. <laughs> you know, because uh, uh, he, he got you know I'm mad. Mike Hughes, the daredevil. Mm -hmm. So he'd sit down at those tables and be James Bond, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And cool, you know what I mean? What I'm saying, I mean, you can do that? Far out, you know? So uh, uh, I just helped him through the years. Mostly, I was always fighting with him on stuff because I knew what could happen. 90% mm -hmm. of those rockets, I designed. And I did that because I wanted him to win. You know what I mean? I wanted him to win. I just started reading your book, uh, Mojave uh, Ice Plane. Right. So uh, I was, I'm, I'm interested in, in your, the concept of like updating it over time uh, and, and kind of changing yeah. the book over time. So yeah. tell me about that project, how it, how it came to you, and, and are you still updating it? Yes. Here's the thing. When I wrote Mojave Ice Plane, okay, so the idea was, okay, to write a science faction book, okay? It's science and it's facts. Which are the ones? Figure it out for yourself. I'm challenging you to become a better man. By, you know, knowledge is power. The more you know, the better you are. Okay, the better you are, the more things you're going to do in life, the more you know. You can sit on your ass and play a video game, or you can, I don't know, ride that spaceship. Okay, you see what I mean, right? Okay, so the idea with the science faction book is this. Science, facts, and fiction. Which is which? You figure it out. Okay, in that book, I tell you a couple things. I tell you how aliens traverse the universe. I tell you why they're here. You cannot develop enough power to get a craft across the universe, to go to the nearest star. There is, you could burn every fucking tree here, all the uranium, you ain't got the power to go to another star in a human being's lifetime, you know, reach those kind of velocities. You can go a fraction of light and, and, and get there in 500,000 years and come back in a million in a round trip, see what I mean? But honestly, to actually go to speed within your lifetime, you couldn't do it. You couldn't burn everything in this planet to get there, why? Because God didn't make it that way. God didn't want races to pirate other races. See, what we're here for, and I'll just tell you, we're here to train the angels, teach the angels. That's what we're here. God had that division. Everything in the Bible is true, in my opinion. 100% word for word, okay? There's a conflict. And God's trying to show the angels how to be what they should be. 
and uses human beings who are very flawed mm -hmm. to do that, okay? So what happens is we go through all this shit, all this stuff, okay, all this stuff, to teach the angels how to be better beings, okay? Because he gave everything he made free will. Why would you give, if you created a being, okay, say you created, I don't know, six foot tall blonde with double Ds, <laughs> would you give her free will? <laughs> Fuck no, you wouldn't. <laughs> you would make her, hey, come over here and let's get some action going. Right? That's what you would do. God didn't do that. Despite his eccentricities, this can be said with certainty about Mad Mike Hughes. He went out there time and again to attempt the seemingly impossible, risking his life all the while, multiple times. He was ridiculed mercilessly in the press and on social media for his flat eartherism and his other beliefs. But he set out to inspire people with his daredevil stunts. And in that, he succeeded. There's nothing ridiculous about that. He lived on the edge and died trying to do something extraordinary. That's admirable, even if his H-hand beliefs are not. It's more than most people can say about their own lives. Mad Mike was a man of our American times. Consider how representative he truly was of the current warped political, social, and economic landscape we find ourselves in these days. He represented the decline of trust in expertise, science, the government, and other institutions. He was a vexatious litigant, bent on taking down what he saw as an illegitimate government and court system. He stuck to his convictions, no matter how unpopular, in the face of all demonstrable and accessible proof to the contrary. What's more American than that? He wanted to be great, to inspire, to be known and recognized as great. And that greatness was crowdfunded. One might say he was a populist, fiercely independent, and an idealist who envisioned a more perfect country, a more perfect world. Many Americans these days embody these traits. Mad Mike Hughes was not an outlier in that regard but he was unique in his quest for sky-high glory. May we all be so courageous to do extraordinary things in our own lives, because time is running out. As he told me before he died. It's been a weird journey, and I'm just gonna try to make things happen. For this week's book recommendation, I highly recommend you check out Mad Mike Hughes' new book, Mad Mike Hughes, The Tell-All Tale. Also check out Waldo Stakes's book, Mojave Ice Plane, which he describes as a work in progress that he continues to add to over time. It is available for free at sonicwind.com. Thank you for watching. Stay tuned for new episodes of Well Read every week or two. You can find this show on YouTube and pasadenamedia.org. I'm Justin Chapman signing off. Learn more about my work at justindouglaschapman.com. And remember, a life well read is a life well spent. So go read a book. Till next time.